Welcome to Life Center Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and our church, visit lifecenternyc.com. I am, I am, yeah, you can sit down. Oh, here goes the phone. What's next? I'm just blown away. I was here maybe four years ago. And the spirit in this place, and the people, I thought, man, you guys are like in a pre-revival, maybe in a revival. Yeah, come on. And, and, I mean, I've been around for a long time, and to be honest with you, I haven't touched worship like you're leading us, Mariah. I, it's just, I just said the best thing that Bill did was hire you. And I want to encourage you on this prophetic class. Man, when you start hearing God's voice, everything changes. And my, my life has changed in prophetic classes. When uh, you know, I lived in Pasadena, and, and uh, I wanted out of Pasadena. Our ch- God wasn't even close to Pasadena. And all my friends were going to Kansas City. IHOP and to Anaheim Vineyard. And, and I'm just, you know, thinking, God, why are they all leaving? And I'm thinking, I'm out of here. And then this prophet lady comes through this prophetic class and she says, the Lord says, you're always looking at other people's wells, but there's a well beneath your feet. Dig it. And rather than running to the, the, the next pasture land, I dug it, and I was there in, in prayer meetings with one little lady from another church who liked the way I played my five-string guitar because I couldn't even string the six. And I dug it. And in 1995, the Holy Spirit poured out. And we had five nights a week meetings. Hundreds of thousands came through our doors. And the vineyard came there, and Kansas City came there. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's, I was in another time. A gal was in a prophetic class, and uh, in our, I was teaching, and she came up to me afterwards. She says, "I've never had a dream. I've never spoken in tongues. You've heard this." I said, "Okay, let's pray. Lord, give her a dream. Have her speak in tongues. Amen. See you next week." <laughs> she came next week. I said, "Hey, did you have a dream?" Yeah, I had a dream I was speaking in tongues and I woke up speaking in tongues. She was baptized in the Holy Spirit in a dream. Another young guy struggling with homosexuality wanted to be free so bad. We prayed for him. He came back the next we prayed he, he came back the next week. He says, You wouldn't believe it. I had a dream that I was overwhelmed with the impossibility of getting free. But in the dream. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and woke up baptized in the Holy Spirit. There is a realm of the Spirit in the prophetic that creates movement. In fact, the Bible said by a prophet they were led out of Egypt and by a prophet they were sustained. Without the prophetic spirit, we are going on fumes. Without the engagement of the prophetic spirit, The church can't live. 
It's the breath of God. And we've despised the prophetic. Many, you know, but God is going to blow this thing wide open. I talked to a, guy, a, a, a brother. He says, he says, I dream all the time. I said, do you have anybody to share your dreams with? He said, no. Dreams were created for a community, not for yourself. So there should be a dream community, a dream stream, an ability to let the word of God frame the future of your families and of your churches. And so I'm all for the eagles. <laughs> My son doesn't like that. Not really. It is better to become an eagle rather than a chief. All right, let's begin. Lord, would, would you just pray? Because I, I had such a great time in the first service. I just felt, and then there's always this pressure that you got to do something. And I, I, I just want the Holy Spirit. Because I've come here a lot of time, for many years. And I, I just, and then I'll pray. <laughs> Maybe I should pray. <laughs> Holy Spirit. Come and mark us today with something that will change our lives and our world. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, our, lives, our lives are actually a novel written by God. Our lives are a scroll, and there are chapters to that scroll. You've got to understand, brothers and sisters, your life is not a uh, a, a, a scraps of, of, of moments of divine encounter. They're actually, every time there comes a new wave of the prophetic in your life, it is actually building upon what was already before. Chapter after chapter after chapter. We begin to get connected at the call DC. When 400,000 gathered to pray and fast, the storyline is amazing. And I go back, and I just share this real briefly. It was when, in 1999, I prayed, how can I turn America back to God? I want to encourage life-defining prayers, prayers that are way beyond yourself. They come up, and they sneak upon you in a dream or a prophetic word. In the script, They sneak up on you, and the temptation is to say, that could never be, rather than believe for the outrageous. Because we, we are the sons of God. We are the daughters of God. And we are dreamers of his dreams. And I prayed that prayer. How can I turn America back to God? And that's when that woman came right away. She said, I'm going I'm to pay your salary for, uh, for uh, I'm going to pay your salary this year. She paid it for 15 years with stadiums and arenas all over the world. When I was just leading small prayer meetings, Unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that you could think or imagine. And my imagination at age 70 is going off the charts. <laughs> and so should yours. You should never look at a life like mine and compare it and say, I could never do that. Oh, once God speaks to you, all bets are off. And all possibilities become possible. The thing is, you've got to believe it. So this, that began the, the journey, praying for revival. And every step along the way, whether we raised up an 18-year prayer movement, pleading the blood of Jesus in front of the Supreme Court for the ending of Roe v. Wade, 18 years later, Roe v. Wade is no more. I look at that 
as a monumental moment in my life that gives me faith. If that happened, maybe God's still in the business of turning America back to God. Because you can't turn America back to God or a nation when you have legalized shedding of innocent blood. And if you've had an abortion, the Lord shows great mercy. His blood speaks a better word. And you can turn your pain into your greatest prophecy. But what I talk about tonight, uh, this, this morning, I believe could be in many ways the final stage of that journey to see America turn back to God. And it seems, what's going on right now is so insane in America. It seems impossible. But God, he's acted in history and he still acts. Okay, here we go. Uh, I, I um, get my glasses here, you know. I just turned 70. So I feel like, you know, you'll be in Babylon for 70 years. And I feel like, man, I'm breaking out of Babylon. And I'm going to build the house of the Lord. I'm leading communion at the temple steps in Israel with leaders around the world and 110 million believers on Pentecost Sunday praying for the salvation of the Jews. You just don't know that. You know, I don't have many gifts, but I can talk. I'm glad we're not too close. I'd be spitting, but... All right, here we go. Here we go. And help me to do this. Already challenged. 20 years ago, a dream was given. Now, let me just say something about dreams. I, I, I love this. It's from Walter Wink. I'm glad we're doing the, the prophetic school because this is down my line. He says it's consciously or unconsciously, one lives not only one's life, but the life of one's times. Could the dreams that we are dreaming be dreamed all over? Are our dreams, for example, to some degree facets of a larger mass dream that is beginning to happen in the world? You understand what I'm saying? You're not just dreaming the dreams of your, uh, your life. You're dreaming the dreams of your times. How many are dreaming what you're dreaming? To put it another way, when God wants to initiate a new movement in history... God does not intervene directly, but sends us dreams and visions that can, if attended to, initiate the process. Dreams come to initiate movements. Years ago, in the 80s, I began to understand my calling, that dreams would come, whirlwinds of prophetic activity, I'd talk about it, and movements would occur. I've created movements by the grace of God simply by talking about it. Simply by telling dreams and bones rattle. I hope they rattle today. Victor Hugo said, there is nothing like a dream to create the future. And I'm talking about dreams of the night and dreams of the day. I'm going to talk about the great communion revival. 20 years ago, a friend of mine had a dream. And in this dream, uh, there was on the shore of California a, a mystic woman who had a treasure box. And in that treasure box, words came out like incense. And it said, Lou Engel now has the gift of faith for the Great Communion Revival. Now that may not move you, but I say to you today, I have the gift of faith for the Great Communion Revival. I, 
I've never felt so, I mean, you talk about dreams. A man who has the house of prayer on the mall, Jason Hershey, has had a prophetic encounter, whirlwind. His dream is to have tables from the, from, from the Capitol to the Lincoln Memorial and bring the whole church to take communion wow. together. Wow. What's going on? It seems crazy. But this is what happened. So last night, our friend Jordan right here had a dream. Now, for years, I've taught about a contending house of prayer. And, uh, and uh, uh, what's the you know, Matthew 16? I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Where two or three agree together, and I've said this for years, and it's important for this company right here. I said this for years. The constitution of your community is more important than the passion of your prayers. Two or three is not mental assent. It is a community in unity. It is a union. And it, but we've always used the word community. But last night, Jordan has a dream. And it says, he said, it's all night long. He dreams this, that the constitution of your communion determines your authority. Not your community. That's more like a social club. But your communion is about the body and blood of Jesus in which there can be no division. If he finds that kind of company in a city so divided racially and everywhere, he gives us authority to challenge the powers. Today, I'm talking about a great communion revival. I believe with all my heart it's coming. What happens is once you begin to believe in your dreams and step toward them, they don't always fold out the way that you think they will. But you, So you can't get jaded and you can't be discouraged if it doesn't seem like it's working. Give it time, say 50 years. <laughs> no, I'm serious. You live by the prophetic word. You live your life under the shadow of a dominating prophecy. Not under the shadow of your past statistics and failures. You live under the voice of the Lord. The word of the Lord came and the Lord commanded. Great was the number of the women who declared the good news. There's coming a million women to the mall. I believe it with all my heart. Something's coming. Deborah's arising. I got to get on my message. But you, you live your life. So when that dream comes... We begin to pray the dream. It's what you do is you pray your dreams. Yeah, yeah you, just, you pray your prophecies. You pray the Bible and you pray your prophecies. And 12 years ago, I was in Redding, California, Bill Johnson's church. Most of you know those folks, beautiful people, beautiful church. And I had a dream. In the dream, I said to Bill Johnson, where can you catch fish along the Sacramento River? And by the way, if you don't know me, this is what I've been doing for 70 years, called rocking. <laughs> in fact, I was in upper room in Dallas. I'm preaching on Israel, and the Holy Spirit interrupts me. He says, now you know why you've been rocking for 69 years. I put you in front of the wailing wall, and you did not know it. Amen. All the prayer movement is moving to that. And, and these guys came through at IHOP, these three, three Jewish guys, and they said, your lion is abortion, your bear is the homosexual movement, but your Goliath will be the battle for Jerusalem. And when I'm saying the battle for the LGBT, I'm not talking about people, I'm talking about spiritual agendas 
But this year, starting 222, we got thousands in California praying and fasting for 100,000 LGBT to be saved and transformed by the power of God. You, see, you might think this is crazy. Well, well, Bob Jones gave me a prophetic word, 1989. He says, this is a true prophecy, and it's looking for a, an intercessor. It's hanging, waiting for you and your company. What am I going to do? Well, I don't know. Or I could dare to believe it. I dared to believe that row would end and row is no more. Why can't I believe for the next part? Yeah. I mean, we have to live our lives with this prophetic calling. We are sons and daughters of God, and we can't live a mediocre Christian life bored without the injection of his word telling us who we are. So get on this thing, Lou. So I have this dream, and I say, Bill, where can you catch fish along the Sacramento River? And he said, you can catch fish where the river turns red. So I run down the river, the Sacramento River. I run down the river, and the river turns red, and fishermen are all along the banks catching fish. And I realize, by the dream, there's coming a revival of the sacrament. The revival of the blood. That is the centerpiece, not our programs, not our pulpits, but the centerpiece is there is a lamb at the center of the throne. And the focus of the last day's church will be the lamb. And when we do that, the accuser of the brethren will be thrown down and the greatest revival in history. Go read Revelation 12. Hallelujah. I called the dream the Reading of America. I had not known that Benny Johnson had been doing communion for years, taking on occult stuff, people praying for their children by taking communion and applying the blood to the doorposts of their children's lives, and children start getting saved. Families get revival. Healings take place because in the body and blood of Jesus is everything that Jesus is. And that he has actually given to us a prophetic act. You've done prophetic acts before those weird things that we weird people do. Some, sometimes it's more like hocus pocus. Yeah, I don't, don't want to give anybody dis, discouragement. And sometimes it's just goofy. But this is a prophetic act that Jesus himself gave us. A sacrament that when we we don't just take crackers and juice, he gave this to us to actually impart his very life. He actually gives us communion as an invitation to encounter. This is my body, this is my blood. We've made it only a symbol. Rather than something that Jesus himself came to us so that we could regularly have an access by a divine encounter to his very life, body and blood. Do you see that? Why else did he give you? Rem remember me. I, we, I, we remember you. That's much more than remember me. I want to talk a little bit about this. I believe that communion was given to us, as was said at the beginning, to open our eyes. In the breaking of the bread, there is an opening of our eyes to see him. And he has given this as his avenue for that. 
Isn't it interesting? He says, as often as you do this. I actually think, you know, we, we, we say, well, as often as we can do it once a week or once every, you know, once a while at church, whatever. I wonder if it was more like this. I think when Jesus came to his disciples on Passover, which is interesting, that the first communion service was Passover. Communion is connected to Passover. To the judging of the gods of Egypt in our souls. Come on. Passover, communion is more than just a little ritual. It is a pronunciation of the power of the blood over the powers of darkness that have raged over my life. It's Passover. And when he came in, I just, can you turn with me right there to, to Luke 22? I don't know how much time I have. I, I'm really behind. Can I stick around for a while? Look at this passage, Luke 22, verse 7. During worship, as you're leading us, then came, verse 7, 22, then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Stunning. Jesus is living out the Passover where the gods are judged, the blood is applied, and all the curses are removed off of our lives. And then he says, so Jesus sent Peter and John, said, go and prepare the Passover that we may eat. They said to him, where will you have us prepare it? And he said to them, behold, when you have entered the city, a man carried a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into the house that he enters and tell the master of the house. The teacher says to you, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover? And when I read that during worship, I felt the Lord ask these people, where is my guest room? That this place was to be the guest room for the coming of the honoring of the body and blood of Jesus. It slammed me. Where is my guest room? We've got preachers and pulpits, but where is, it's all good. That's needed. But where is my guest room so I can give my body and blood? Are we all right here? Yeah. And then he says, he says this. And when the hour came, verse 14, the apostles with him, and he said, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover before, you, before I suffer. The word there is, I have desire, I have desire of desire to eat this Passover. In other words, the intensity of Jesus to eat the Passover with his friends it's his same desire of desire to eat it with us. Come on. We the one to take communion. I have eagerly desired in New York City. Find a guest room where a people would begin to love my body and my blood and begin to apply it to the doorposts of this city's guilt. Of the powers of the Antichrist systems, economic systems. There's more in communion than a nice ritual. It is a power encounter. It's a power encounter for us. It's a power encounter for intercession. And it is a power encounter with the gods. Little G gods. I have e Can you say that with me? I have e 
This is a prophecy. I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you. To, yeah. Ponder. I think what he said, as often as you do it, it's a whisper of a lover. He's basically saying, I really want you to do it all the time, but only lovers will hear me say how often, as often as you do it. I want to start a revolution today in New York City with the greatest weapon there is to break curses, the healing of the sick, all that Jesus is being made manifest in an act that he himself gave to us to walk in. I'm believing there's going to be so many souls being saved when the river of the sacrament begins to roll down. Well, at the beginning of this past year, and uh, can you go with me 1 Corinthians 11? You've got to understand, I've preached, I've preached on, I've preached on the prophetic stuff concerning the Great Communion Revival. This is the first time I'm actually teaching a little bit out of the Bible on this, which is amazing. <laughs> Verse 23, for I received, delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the night he was bread, betrayed, took bread. I have been hammered with this scripture. Communion, the Lord's Supper, was created for the context of betrayal. Help me now. It's in the context of betrayal, Jesus sets communion. In the last days, brothers will rise against brothers. Oh, are we seeing that in our nation? the divisions, the racial strife. It's all division. The accuser of the brethren pointing the finger, raging at one another. And in the middle of it, Jesus says, in the midst of betrayal, your answer is not to demand rights. Your answer is not to protest. Your answer is to forgive. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't have rights. I'm not saying these things. I am saying that the context of communion is for union with one another, not division. And when we begin to set our face, and I'll, I'll just say it here. First of all, I want to say this. I believe the answer to the race issue is communion. It's the blood of Jesus because you can have, he says further on, you cannot have division when you come to the table. My friend, Will Ford, black man, he said, we, he and I made a covenant. We're going to preach at Martin Luther King's church. The following day, I had a dream. We drove up to pick up uh, Martin Luther King to get in our car. And he came out with a black, uh, uh, white bag with black handles. Before he got in the car, he emptied the bag violently, threw it down, emptied the contest. Will went to pick up the bag, and, the, uh, and Martin Luther King grabs him by the shoulders and says, don't pick up that baggage. It's a white bag with black handles. It's how the blacks handle the white baggage we've given them. We have sinned. We have given baggage. 
But the answer to that baggage is don't pick it up, empty it out. For those who are wounded the most, if they can forgive, get the most authority to heal the nations. When Jesus went to the cross, he didn't demand an apology. He said, Father, forgive them. They know not what. In the greatest context of betrayal, Jesus is releasing the only word that's going to deliver us from the bitterness of this age that is coming. When brethren rise up against brothers, there is going to be a people that meet at the table, not on the basis of politics, but on the basis of blood. We are one family around Jesus. How are we doing with this? Forgive us, but lead us into a new day of revival through the blood and through Father forgiveness. So we went, we went uh, the beginning of this year. Oh, I'll tell you this. Uh, in this context of betrayal, so another dream came, and in the dream, there was an interactive map, and on it was a place where Native Americans had been betrayed by white folks. A huge place of bitterness and, and, and unforgiveness. And in this dream, though, in this place of, uh, of, this, of this betrayal, people started taking community and wherever communion and wherever communion began, lights would begin to break out. Oh, I, I can see a communion revival. Lights breaking out. And in the dream, they were receiving BB diplomas. Don't you love how God can tell stories and dreams that don't get to us through simply reading things? Sometimes we need a picture that paints a thousand words. In this dream, there was another communion service taking place, and it was a, uh, and it was a toxic brew of anger, rage, and unforgiveness. And in this dream, wherever they would take this communion, darkness would spread across the map, and they were receiving BA diplomas. But the BB diplomas took authority over the BA diplomas. It was the better blood people versus the brethren accusers. This dream has changed my life. Whenever I want to talk about somebody or against another ministry, the Lord said, oh, you're one of those BA guys. What if God could find a community, the constitution of your communion, is what will give you authority over the gates of Hades. What if God raised this people in the middle, in the middle of New York City to be a communion people like those original 12? That because they honored the blood, the spirit was poured out upon them and God used them to affect a city. It's already happening. I'm looking at it. So the beginning of this year, uh, the beginning of this year, I did communion. Uh, we went into a house for 21 of uh, 40 days. Every day we took communion. Every day taking communion together, living together. And on the first day, uh, on the first day of that communion, I had my intercessory team called Contend come. And I gave them a book called, called Keep the Blood Warm by a man named Peter Lewis. It's, Peter Lewis is an amazing guy. It's simply uh, 30 days of devotional to let the blood of Jesus warm your heart. His name is Peter Lewis. His last name is L-O-U-I-S. That's my name, L-O-U-I-S. I, I kind of like that. 
At the end of that, I said, kids, we're going to do this now for 40 days. One of the girls in that, in that internship came up, and her name is Stephanie Lou, L-O-U. And she says, I've never heard of Peter Lewis, never heard of his book, but last night I had a dream that my brother Peter Lou was pouring the blood of Jesus out over me. I know, wow. I don't know if you think wow, but I think something is coming where the blood is going to be applied and poured out, and the church is going to find the warmness of intimacy through the body and blood of Jesus. And then during that time, it was quite remarkable, in the house we were staying, there was a book by Benny Johnson, Bill Johnson's wife, who just passed away. And I read the book. I find that she's been taking communion forever, it seems, seeing breakthroughs against occult, breakthroughs in families and on the likes. I'm reading this, and I'm thinking, this rocks me. Why is this book here in this house that we are staying for 40 days? Taking communion every day. See, we're just pursuing that prophetic storyline. What happens is, at that time, I felt led in my own heart to look up on YouTube nuclear bombs. (laughs) You crazy. I watched for two hours nuclear bombs, and I I am stunned. Particularly the Tsar bomb, the Russian bomb, the largest nuclear bomb and that was ever detonated and it is the power of it go look at it as i'm watching it suddenly the lord speaks to me and he says lou i think he said lou (laughs) at least it was personal The, the church has no idea that when i went to the cross i loosed a bomb far greater than that bomb when i said father forgive them principalities and powers came shaking down the heavens the veil was rent over the whole world when he said father forgive them without an apology we're looking for people to apologize but jesus by the spirit unleashed something that was stronger than demanding an apology some of you are so wounded so broken but today is the day of an of a forgiveness movement by the blood. And you say, I can't do it. Oh, yes, you can. Because in John 20, 23, it says this, 22. He says, the spirit breathed on him. He breathed on him, the Holy Spirit. And then John 20, 23. Come on, 2023. 20, Those sins you remit shall be remitted. Come on. I want to start a forgiveness movement right here in New York City where the rage of BA is everywhere and loose a BB people that speak a better blood than 63 million babies that speaks a better blood over the LGBT community that get delivered and freed it speaks a better blood than these things brothers and sisters I'm still looking for the bomb and I felt like the Lord speak to me he says Lou I showed you this to show you That when people take communion in unified companies and in mass, they begin to reenact the same power that I loosed at Calvary. It's Passover. The Bible is replete. Even Micah says, I will once again cause you to remember the victories of of Passover over Egypt in the last days. In the book of Micah, chapter 7, Something is coming where it looks like it's all going down. 
God judges the gods. And I begin to ponder this. And I wish I could go into it, but God led me in 2002 into a 40-day fast to challenge Jezebel over California. I can't tell you, go into the whole thing. Uh, and I don't want to tell the whole story. But I prayed every day that God would break the spirit of Jezebel over California. I did it in such a way. I don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. But God led me in a profound way. And I again, I don't have time. And what happened was I, we ended up seeing the governor of California removed from office who was passing every bill that was evil. And I challenged and warned personally on a sovereign encounter, Gavin Newsom, who is now the governor of California. And I think he's going to run for president. I have a feeling there's coming this convergence of this Elijah challenge. It's all, it's all, grow, it's all growing, growing together. But I, what I didn't realize is in that fast, God was leading me to challenge two altars. The altar, of, 1 Kings 16, they offered up babies to Baal. And they raised up state-sanctioned sexual immorality, Asherah. Those two altars actually destroyed the culture of Israel, and only 7,000 out of 10 million had not bowed the knee to Baal. Gives me hope for America. Come on. The God of Elijah, he's, he, he's coming to challenge the Antichrist systems that rise and ideologies. That, by the way, by the fear of the Lord, you must choose God's ideologies, not the cultures. When you do that, you're coming in the opposite spirit of Elijah. How long will you halt between two opinions? Let God's word kill you in your challenge to live it out. And then believe that his mercy can cover you as you're crying out. I just want to say the blood breaks all accusation. I had a dream some months ago. I've had my fair share of sins. I've confessed it to the world. I had a dream and I've lived under accusation a good bit of my life. You may not believe that, but welcome to the human race. And welcome to the church that forgives 70 times 7 a day. But who in their hearts desire earnestly to live out the standards of God. And in your brokenness, the blood covers you. I had a dream. And in the dream, I was led into a courtroom. And all these people were gathering to this courtroom to hear the accusations against Lewin. This is a bad dream. I'm taken to court. It's actually a beautiful picture of Satan before the right hand of God accusing the brethren. But in the dream, Mike Bickle, I hop, walks in before the, the sentences or the, the, the charges. He walks in, sits catty-cornered to him, doesn't even look at me, holding a thick book. When I think about it, I think it's the Song of Solomon. Because... The Song of Solomon was the message that God wanted to release concerning the bride. And the Shulamite in Song of Solomon is the bride. And in the dream, I'm sitting there in apprehension. Oh, there, here comes the accusations. The first accusation come. Mike stands up, jumps in front of me and says, he's the Shulamite. Whew. Second accusation, he's the Shulamite. Third accusation, he's the Shulamite. Can I say, we are the bride of Christ. And by the blood, we can declare we are his Shulamite, even if we're dark and still lovely. 
Many waters cannot quench this love. It's coming. Folks, we need to break the accuser by the brethren. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Make, let us, come on, can we do this? Make war. Make war on the accusations of Satan. Oh, what a precious dream. And so that becomes my warfare. When the accusations come, I say, I'm the Shulamite. Or I have it, or I have it say this. Lou, you're my Shulamite. You have to do this. You have to take words like this and make them your warfare. You see what I'm saying? So we're getting, we're going somewhere right here, somewhere real quick, slowly. Uh, Lord, help me. Well, yeah. So. So, and that many, so I went to Israel after that 40 days and held communion with Arab believers and Jewish believers. A global communion service. What a great day. I came back to America. Two days later, I have a dream, and I'm telling Bill Johnson the same dream that I had 12 years ago. And in the dream, I say to him, I'm trying to tell him the dream that, uh, that I had 12 years ago, but I couldn't remember. I was spitting it out. I had headphones on, uh, my headphones on. I couldn't remember it. Finally, I'm so frustrated. I take the headphones on, and instantly, it's as if I, could, I was prophesying and telling him the original dream of the Sacramento River. I knew what the Lord was saying. It's Isaiah 50. I waken your ear to listen like one being taught. You better listen to me on this one. I have, no, uh, I have no alternative. By the grace of God, we are going to see a great communion revival. When I told Bill Johnson the, dream, uh, the, the original dream, in the dream, I began weeping profusely in the dream. I woke up, and, I, uh, no, and in the dream, I said to him, it's the great communion revival. I know that when I weep in dreams, it's the spirit witnessing inside of me that this is me. And you better listen to me. Because of that, I went and got a hold of Bill and said, can I come and take communion with Benny and you? I know she's not well, but I can. And I told him the prophetic story. They said, please come. We want you to come, but she can only handle 20 minutes because she's sick. She had cancer. And uh, so I went, and I, I won't tell the first part. Shall I tell the first part? So, so that night before, I went down to the Sacramento River with a group of uh, weirdos. <laughs> I said, let's take communion on the Sacramento River. Let's do the dream. We pull over. We don't even know where. Let's just, just pull over here. There is a sign, and it says, see the cliffs on the other side of the river, on the Sacramento River, these red cliffs. When it rains, the red dirt goes in to the Sacramento River. <laughs> I'm standing in the place where the river turns red and next to it is the power center that releases electrical power from that river. It's the power of communion. Yeah. And that sounds weird. This is how we live our lives. The next day I got with Bill and Benny. I got with Bill and Benny. She was so weak but alive and I told her, I, I said, Benny, I did not come here primarily to pray for your health. I've come here to thank you for the legacy of communion you have loosed into the earth. And if you pass away, 
I'm asking you to lay your hands upon me that I may carry your legacy to the world of the great communion revival and the reading of America. She lays, she gives us communion. She lays her hands upon me. I'm here carrying the legacy of Benny Johnson, the reading of America and a revival of the sacraments that I believe many fish are going to be catched along this river. And I believe that God is going to do things way beyond that. Dutch sheets, this past December. Now I want you to hear this because I don't believe it's just individual connection with Jesus in communion or individual connection of love with a community. I believe that the power of the Exodus is being replayed in communion. And Dutch Sheets, I saw it in December, tells a dream that was given in, in January 2nd this past year, 22. And in the dream, there was a box that said communion on it. And on the, in the box was a bat that had Ephesians 1.17 on it. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. In other words, something is coming of the spirit of wisdom and revelation that will break the box of our communion rituals and loose power. And he says to this dream, and in this dream, this bat would be used in the last quarter of 2022 and it would begin to strike the throat of Baal in America. Well, I told you about the strongholds of Baal and there's more to them. Economic, uh, economic uh, um, injustice, persecution, censoring of the saints. Welcome, we're just barely on the bear. We're headed there. He says... He says, Lou, he didn't say, on his one, give me 15. He said this, he says, when we proclaim, as often as you do this, you proclaim my death till he comes. He said, when we proclaim his death, we are declaring the victory of the blood over principalities and powers. And he was taking communion all through December, declaring the victory of the blood over Baal in America. Might sound crazy, but I've already experienced some of that measure because every day for 40 days, when I prayed concerning California and Jezebel, I would declare the, I would ask God, forgive me for any toleration of Jezebel. And then I would declare the victory of the cross and the blood over the powers. And on the 31st day, I have this dream. I'm flying over California, roaring the victory of the cross. It's what led me to challenge these altars of Baal. I'm not boasting. I'm simply saying, I'm on a journey journey to believe that America has yet to see the greatest revival it's ever seen. And I feel like I've carrying Benny Johnson's legacy to a little room in the middle of these massive towers when you would sense, who am I? But God says, out of the mouth of babes I've ordained praise to silence the foe and the avenger. He, he uses the weak things to confound the wise. What if this people decided to go on a holy experiment that we will not accuse one another? What if we go on a holy experiment, experiment that we will loose the power of forgiveness in our lives? That we would end up being a people that take communion and begin to declare the victory of the blood over the powers in New York. You don't, you don't, you don't have to shout at the devil. Just stand in the finished work. 
In fact, February 2nd, when we'd been praying 18 years, pleading the blood of Jesus, millions of prayers, Jesus, I plead your blood over my sins and the sins of my nation. God, end abortion, send revival. We didn't fully understand it, but we were pleading a blood that, that speaks better than the judgment of 63 million babies. Millions of prayers. Could God have raised that up sovereignly? So that there would be a blood over America so we could actually have a window of mercy. I believe it with all my heart. I forget where I was going with that. Oh, we prayed a prayer. Jesus, I plead your blood over my sins and the sins of my nation. God, end abortion. Send revival to America. Millions of prayers. If the first has happened in Roe v. Wade, what about the second? And it's connected to the blood. 18 years, every day, five days a week, taking communion in front of the Supreme Court, and suddenly something falls out of heaven. It's given me hope. 100,000 LGBT could be saved. We could see sex trafficking rocked. Oh, brothers and sisters, shall we not take up the blood? I end with this. Revelation chapter 12 describes, I believe, the last day's revival. In it, you see Michael warring in the heavens, the angel Michael. He's the prince over Israel. Michael, if Michael's warring in the heavens, it has to do with the future of Israel. And in this context, there's war in the heavens, Michael and his angels, and the dragon and his angels. And in the context, you find out it's the battle against, is not against a, 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 an, angel, an archangel, it's against Satan himself. And his name his real name is the accuser of the brethren. And in the dream, they overcome the accuser of the brethren and he's thrown down by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony and love, not their life unto death. And then it says, then I heard in heaven a loud shout, salvation, and the coming of the kingdom, I believe the last revival is going to be a blood revival where God breaks the accuser of the brethren and makes us a communion, not a community. He creates a people that find one another in the blood and body, refuse to divide and speak against one another, a people that will apply the bat, the revelation of the blood to principalities and powers. This year in 2023, there's going to be a national gathering in Philadelphia on July 3rd to proclaim by Peter Lewis to proclaim forgiveness to America even though she hasn't, hasn't, hasn't apologized. Could a veil be ripped? I believe we just held a 3,000 people gathering in Colorado, first state to legalize abortion. 3,000 people came together for six hours of a communion service. And I believe it's begun something that this Passover, I'm asking you to take communion. I'm asking you to have gatherings of communion. I'm trying to go after every state because Chuck Pierce said in 2019, there is a plague coming to America and Passover is the key to victory. Ten years of Passover. He just said, this year passes over. I'm trying to find every state people to take communion and plead a better blood. Stand with me. When do we take the, the communion uh, elements?
I want to give you three beholds. When you take communion, behold the man. Take time. Sit in his presence and gaze at his wounds of love. Can I say that? Can you? I know you're passing this out. I don't want to lose you. Say it with me. Behold the man. Communion was created for us to actually meet him on the earth in a tangible way to gaze at his hands and his feet. Take time, maybe do it daily, as often as you do it, and behold the Lamb of God and ask God what Richie said at the beginning, unveil my eyes to a revelation of the love of Jesus for me. Number two, behold the blood. This one is directed to God. Help me now. Stick with me. This is how we've been leading communion. Behold the blood. The Bible says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And so we come to God with communion and we say, God, behold the blood. Pass over my children. Pass over my family. Pass over New York. Behold, Jesus Father, behold the blood of your son that speaks better. Are you with me? Number three, behold the lamb directed to the lost. The last words of John the Baptist. When Jesus came into the community, he said, behold the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. What if the church all over America would command in the spirit realm their lost sons and daughters? Behold the lamb in prayer meetings. Behold the lamb. Behold the lamb. We're going to do that together. We're going to be behold the lamb. We're going to do something in a moment with the men, but I want you right now. Do you want to take communion with the men? Let's take the body, the bread. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he blessed the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body, broken for you. And he took the blood and he said, this is the cup of the New Testament. For the forgiveness of many, this blood has been poured out and he blessed it. Right now, we're gonna take the body, but I want you to believe right now that God is going to lead you into a dimension of an encounter with the Lord right now. Would you just say, Lord, I want to see you. Open my eyes. Just begin to pray it all over this place. Come, Holy Spirit, right now. Come, Lord, and I pray, begin to loose an unveiling of the eyes, as Richie said in the, the scriptures. We receive your broken body that our bodies may be healed. We receive your broken body so we have access without accusation. Through the veil of your broken body, For in him we live and move and have our being. Brothers and sisters, take the nutrients of Jesus' body right now. Receive him together. On the night he was betrayed, he took the cup, he blessed it. He says, this is the cup of my death poured out for the sins of many 
right now, I want you to take the blood and break every bit of accusation off your life. Right now, receive. Shout it with me. I'm a Shulamite. No, shout it. I'm the Shulamite. Father, I pray right now, I want to release the spirit breathes on us to release forgiveness. Come on, right, brothers. You've been betrayed. You were molested as a child. Your father and mother abandoned you. However it is, your church wounded you. Don't run away. Lose forgiveness right now. Just begin to say it publicly. I forgive. Same as Jesus did. Father, forgive them. All over this place. Just, just play with it. Come on, loose it. Father, forgive them. This can start a revolution right from this room in New York City filled with rage and anger and bitterness. Today, we've become the better blood, people. We are the better blood. We're speaking a better blood over those people that have hurt us, our employers, how we've been treated where people robbed us of money, stole our businesses. Right now, Father, we forgive them. Forgive them, Father. They know not what they do, Father. Loose this, God. I'm asking you all around the world. Loose a communion revival. Loose something in the Ukraine where those who have been wounded would unleash a great Father, forgive them as we take communion this year. Lord, loose a great communion revival where brother is rising against brother, Russian-speaking peoples. Lord, I am asking you in the last days, prepare this church to be the voice. Make this place the guest room. The guest room for communion. Make it a guest room for your blood. Institute your great communion revival and let it spread all over the world. In Jesus' name we pray. And right now, I want you to begin to declare that bat. We declare the victories of the blood of communion over the powers of hell, over death, over the powers of Antichrist. Come on, just begin to declare the blood. Use it as a bat. We declare the blood, the victory of the blood over the my son that's in drugs, if he's in drugs. I bring the victory of the blood over the rebellion in Jesus' name. Lord, we declare the victory of the blood over abortion. Lord, the victory of the blood over this transgender movement that you would unleash a blood revival so strong that they would be sealed with the love of fire, the fire of love stronger than death. Lord, today we see the blood in the heavenly realms. It's speaking better even right now for America. God, loose salvation. Loose the sacramental revival in the name of Jesus. Oh, give him praise now. Just begin to praise him for the victory. We declare the victory of the blood over our own addictions, over the things that are breaking our lives, over every curse. We declare the victory of the blood over every temptation in the name of Jesus. Oh, we magnify. Let the Lamb be at the center of the throne in New York. Let them be speaking of the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. We command you, New York, behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God, New York, like you did in the great New York businessmen's revival. Once again, behold 
the Lamb of God that takes away We hope you enjoyed the message. You can also follow us on Instagram at LifeCenterNYC or YouTube at LifeCenterChurchNYC.